Amen. Amen. Grab your Bibles, remain standing and turn with me to the book of Psalm 78. Psalm 78. What a very important day we have today as we dedicate these children, these babies to the Lord. And, and really, really, it's more about the parents than it is the baby. The baby's already God. Say amen. They are alone to us. They are alone to us to teach them about who gave them to us. Say amen right there. And so I want to I want to speak today. Usually I don't do this, but for some reason I just felt impressed to do this today. Uh, I want to speak specifically about that today. Uh, I want to speak to all the parents. I want to speak to all the grandparents. I want to speak to aunts and uncles, uh, cousins. If you have any influence over young people, I'm talking to you today. Uh, there is a reason, there is a reason that the American church is in decline. And we're going to talk about that. We're going to, we're going to share the reason. Uh, I know without a shadow of a doubt, I know without a shadow of a doubt, this is what God wants us to hear today. And we've been talking about missions. We've been talking about missions forever, seems like, uh, and for good reason, because that's our primary responsibility to get the creature to, or get the gospel to every creature. Amen. We're supposed to get the gospel across the world. But if we get the gospel across the world and don't get it across the house, we failed. And so today I want to preach this morning on the subject, our very first mission field, our very first mission field. In other words, the mission field that we have the first responsibility with, and that is our own family, our own family. Let's look in Psalm. Psalm 78, if you're there, say amen. amen. Give ear, O my people, to my law. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings of old, which we have heard and known and our, everybody say it, even fair of you, help me say it, our fathers have told us. We will not hide them from their children, showing to the generation to come the praises of the Lord and his strength and his wonderful works that he hath done. For he established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers that they should make them known to their children. That the generation to come, the generation to come, say it with me, ready or not, here they come. They're coming. That the generation to come might not, might know them, even the children which should be born, who should arise and declare them to their children. Let's all read verse seven. Everybody fair of you help me with this verse seven, that they might set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep his. Now let's read it again slowly that they might set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, this is such a heavy, heavy responsibility we have. Such an important, important word that you have given us for today. Lord, I pray that you'll help me deliver it in such a way that we will all understand and clearly comprehend the, the, the great magnitude of this responsibility. Lord, I pray for every parent today. I pray for every, every single grandparent, every aunt, uncle, grand, Lord, whoever has influence on those below them. I pray that they'll receive this today. 
Please give me power. Please give me an anointing. I know I don't deserve it. Lord, I, I pray that I need it. I pray for the unction from glory. I pray for your power. And Lord, I pray that the word will not return void. I pray that you'll let me say everything I need to say. And don't let me forget anything I need to say. Don't let me do anything outside of your will. And Lord, we'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people say it. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. We're living in a culture that is increasingly, increasingly, it's it's like, uh, and, and it's happening faster and faster as the days go by is increasingly anti-Christ and ungodly. Do I have a witness right there? Doesn't take a rocket scientist to see what's going on in our culture, in our society, in our communities. Uh, we're living every day. You know, some of you, you, you more seasoned Christians today who's, who's, who's been around for a long time, you, you, you experienced a time when there was at least some sense of church and, and respect for God's house. Even if they didn't go to church, they respected God's house. But we're living in a time where that's just not so. We're living in a time where our country is getting more uh, non-Christian, more atheistic as the days go by. And we are looking at a number that is, it is, it is horrible, a number that is terrifying. When we're losing 77% of all of the young people that we, we raise in church, that we, we have in church as they're coming up, by their first year in college, they leave the church, they leave God never to return. I don't know about you, but that scares me to death. I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about unchurched kids. I'm not talking about kids that were raised in atheist homes. I'm, I'm talking about, I'm talking about kids that grow up in a family that goes to church every week or goes to church uh, on a regular basis. A regular basis is so different for a lot of people. Uh, regular to me was you did not miss. Regular to some is you hit and miss every once in a while. But either way, we're losing our kids. We're losing uh, the next generation. We are looking at churches. I'm, I'm telling you, you can go into them. I'm, I'm preaching in meetings and preaching in revivals and everywhere I'm going, churches are getting uh, grayer and grayer and grayer. If you know what I mean, they are the, the generations are getting older and the younger people are getting less and less and less interested in the things of God. And I think we can pinpoint it today. I think we can narrow it down and really, really see what is happening in our world today. So number one, especially you guys that are dedicating your babies today and man, I'm tickled to death for that. I want you to pay very close attention, very close attention. God gave us a practice that we must follow. That's number one. Look at the practice verses one through four. Give ear, O my people to my law, incline your ears to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings of old which we have heard and known and our fathers have told us. Now watch this, verse four. We will not hide them from their children, showing to the generation to come, the say it with me, the praises, praises of the Lord and his, and his that he hath done. Now here is the practice. Here is the practice. There are two words here. There are two words here in verse number four that stand out to me. The first word is hide. 
In the first, in the second word is show. All right. Hide and show. How many of you realize that if you don't, if you hide something, you're not showing it. If you're showing it, you're not hiding it. It's the very opposite. Now let's put this in the, let's put this in the context of what we're talking about. What God is saying is as parents and as leaders in the home, we have a responsibility to show God to our children. We're to show God. Now watch this. If you're not showing God, guess what you're doing? You're hiding him. You're hiding him. So a preacher, I don't, I don't really take that active a role and I don't make a real big deal. of it. Well, guess what? If you are not actively showing God, proving God that helping your kids see God in your life, you are hiding God. Yeah, I know it's going to get quiet. It's going to get tough today. Listen, we're losing our kids. So what do we do? God says there's something you need to do. There's something he met. He met there at Mount Sinai. He gave them the word. He gave them the law. He said, before you go into the promised land that I'm going to send you, I need you to understand everything you just saw, everything you heard, everything you witnessed in Egypt, everything you witnessed in the wilderness, that water coming out of the rock, quail and manna coming from heaven, the Red Sea splitting, me destroying Pharaoh and his army in the Red Sea. Tell them to your children. Tell them to your children. Remind them over in Deuteronomy, it says, tell them in the morning, tell them at noon and tell them in the evening. Tell them when they get up from bed, tell them when they go to bed. Whatever you do, take opportunities to tell your children about me. Are y'all with me? Say amen. And two things, two things I saw in this verse here in verse number four. Now, what, what can we now remember? We have to apply what we learn to our life. Say Amen doesn't do you any good to come in here and just hear something and then go home the same way. We got to go do what we're hearing. Now, now what do we need to apply? How can we apply this to our life? How can we apply this to our life? I, I, I've seen babies across here. There's, there's a little one right over there. There's a little one right here uh, with a cool little cap on. Amen. Just make sure that thing ain't cutting off circulation. Amen. Don't let it be too tight. My wife, I don't, I, it's just a squirrel. Amen. My my, my wife, she had always put them ribbons on my daughter's head and take them off and there's dents in their head. You know that's cutting off circulation. Say amen. That has nothing to do with the message, but I'm just giving you a, you know, little commercial there. What can we do at see there? See there? See, no circulation. That's circulation right there. Amen. Now watch. Now watch. You at Fairview, watch this. What can we do with these little ones? What can we do with them as they're growing up? There's two things. There's two things that you need to practice. There's two things that you need to, uh, uh, you need to make it a habit in your life that these babies, these children need to see. It's something they need to see. What is the first thing? First, they need to see the worship of God. They need to see you worship God. What does he say? Look at the verse. Look at the verse. It says this right here. It says, showing to the generation to come the, oh, come on, all seven of you. Help me now. Here we go. Showing to the generation to come the, the praises of the Lord, the praises of the Lord. You know what these little children need to see? They need to see a mommy and a daddy who's not afraid to raise their hand. They need to see a mom and daddy who's not afraid to say glory to God. They need to see a mom and daddy who's making a big deal about God. 
And worship is not just singing. You know, we call, we call Jalen, we call Jalen all kinds of things, but we call Jalen the worship pastor, right? Because he leads in the singing and we say that's worship. But do you know the very first time the word worship is used in the Bible? There was no choir. There was no singing. There was no steeple. Are y'all with me? It was when, when uh, uh, Abraham took Isaac on top of the mountain to sacrifice Isaac back to God. What is worship? It's obedience. It's putting God first. That's worship. You can worship without singing a song. When the Holy Spirit tells you to do something and you obey him, that's worship. When you put him first in your life, that's worship. When he becomes a priority in your life, ladies and gentlemen, that is worship. And they need to see you worship him. They need to see that God is a big deal in your life. They need to see that God is first in your life. They need to see that God is a priority in your life. My father, there was no question. There was no question when it came time for church, whether we is going or not. If your kid, now I'm, I'm just telling you, I'm just telling you, I just got done. I had to fly to Florida and do a funeral and fly back and I can't hardly hear nothing. And I'm a little ill this morning. <clears throat> so I'm just going to be frank with you and be blunt. And if, and, and if you get your feelings hurt, I'm sorry. But if your kid has to ask you on Sunday morning, if you're going to church or not, you're failing. If they have to ask you because they don't know whether you're going to go or not, because you're so unfaithful that they're not sure if they're going, you are failing. You're telling them that there is something else that's more important than the worship, the corporate worship of God. And ladies and gentlemen, I'm telling you, you're making a mistake. Is God first in your life? Is God a priority in your life? I'm telling you, I'm telling you, if I was to come and ask my father if we was going to church, I would have got a whipping. Well, where else would we be going? This is the Lord's day. There was no question. There was no wonder. You know what I've seen in my father in the way he treated God and treated church and attendance to church? That it must be a big deal. It must be important. I saw my father at a camp meeting. I saw my father at a camp meeting one week. He hurt his back. He hurt his back and they had to put him in traction. I'm telling you, it's the weirdest guy. It looked like a torture device to me. But it, it was a belt that was wrapped around and it was tied to weights, like water bags that weight was pulling on his back and he was in traction in that bed. And I saw my father weep and cry like a baby because he couldn't go to church. Now, what did that tell me as a kid? This must be important. This must be important. When you skip church and you skip the worship of God, the corporate worship of God coming together for any old thing, your kid is going to say, well, it must not be that big a deal. We're, we're, We're unconsciously, we're unconsciously teaching them that something else is more important than God. And they need to see you worship. They need to see that God is first in your life. What are they seeing? Are they seeing that hobbies are more important? Are they seeing that sports are more important? Are they seeing that everything else is more important for God? That you give whatever's left. If you have some time left over, you give God some. That's not, that's not, that's not going to work. That's why we're losing them. 
And you'll see at the end. When you see the end, it's going to scare you. They need to see what you do for God. Say that with me. They need to see what? Do you sing to Him? Do you thank Him? Do you worship Him? Do you brag on Him? Do you make a big deal about Him? Do they know He's important to you because of what you do for God? Listen, number two, or B, under number one. We may not finish this outline, but it's okay. It's okay, this is important. Your children need to see you making a big deal about God. Your children need to see that God is the most important thing, person, anything in your life. He is number one. Then secondly, B, write this down. They need to see not only the worship of God, they need to see the works of God. Works, K-S, W-O-R-K-S. You see, the worship of God, they need to see what you do for God. But in the works of God, they need to see what God does for you. Why do they need to see what God does for me? So he will become real to them. He needs to become real to them. They need to know that he's just not a character in a book somewhere. They need to know he is real. He's alive. He is able. Somebody say amen. How do we do that? How do we do that? Hey, here's a way. Here's a way. Y'all with me? Everybody with me? If you didn't take one of them boxes on, you missed a great opportunity. You missed a great opportunity. And if you're here for the first time today, if you're here for the first time today, you say, Preacher, what are you talking about? If you look over there, there's blue and green boxes over there. I challenged everybody the first of the year last year. I said, the biggest skeptic in here. Now, there's people in here that love missions, and we're going to give to missions, and we care about getting the gospel to every creature. But there's some in here, you're skeptics, and you're just a critic, and I get that. But I challenged you. Take one of those boxes home and say, God, fill this box. Because each box represented a church, being able to plant the church, enough money to plant the church. And I said, I want you, don't take one single dime out of your budget. Don't take one single dime out of your budget. But put that box on your counter and get your kids. Y'all pray and say, God, fill this box. And when money came in to fill that box, it was not in your budget. Your child will see God did that. You see, you see the children in in the the Israelite days, they could see God split the Red Sea. They could see God bring manna from heaven. They could see God bring water out of a rock. They could see God do incredible things. But guess what? Your kids need to see God do something today. They need to see God answer your prayers specifically today. That's why you need to include your kids in your prayers and be specific about it. So that when you pray that they see that there is a real God in heaven who will answer the prayers that they have. Every time something come on, I tell my kids what happened. Look at this. Look at this, guys. Look at this, guys. Every time that new. Listen, and by the way, by the way, my goal was 10 churches. My goal was 10 churches. And I, I was going to cheat. <clears throat> I was going to cheat and God got kind of got on to me. It was that same day. Andy, it was the same day when I challenged everybody here. I said, don't take nothing out of your. I said, you just let God do it. It has to come from nowhere. And I went back to my office. That was in the first service. I went back to my office. I'm ashamed of this, but I did it. 
I'm ashamed, but I did it. I went back to my office and I started thinking about how am I going to fill these boxes? If I put a little bit here and a little bit there, and if I sell a child and rent one over here, I could, I could, I started trying to manipulate how to get And it. The Holy Spirit says, what are you doing? You just got through telling everybody in that church to trust me and depend on me. And now you're trying to manipulate. I said, I'm sorry. God is my witness. It's the exact truth. It happened just like I'm telling you. Just like I'm telling you. I said, I'm sorry. I said, I'll do it just what you told me. I'm going to trust you, Lord. I'm not going to take one dime out of this. My goal is 10 churches now and I'm praying. I'm sweating this. Just as soon as I got through praying, there was a knock on my door. In between services, in that moment, I said, Lord, I'm going to trust you. There was a knock on my door. Somebody opened the door. It was somebody I'd done a wedding for, their son, a couple weeks before. Done forgot about it. They said, preacher, we just want to show you. We appreciate you doing the wedding. Here you go. Here's a card. I said, man, you don't have to do that. It's no problem. I was was glad to do it. They walked out, left. I opened the card up. There was a check for $1,000. Now, immediately when I see something with zeros on it, I'm thinking, boy, I can get me a coon dog now. And the Holy Spirit says, you're going to get what? I said, Lord, I'm going to put it in that box. That was three boxes, y'all. And that started, what did, what did I do? I went straight to my kids. I went straight to my kids. I said, look, 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 look right here. Look, look. Instead of giving 10 boxes, God gave us the ability to give 25. Not one single dime. Not one single dime came out of our normal budget. And every time God did something, guess who I told? Come on. You know what I wanted them to see? The wonderful works of God. I was in the Brandon iron. Jordan just happened to be down. She just happened to be down. I was in the Brandon iron. I'm just telling you facts. This is truly how it happened. And I challenged my staff that particular week. I said, guys, and I I come in here, I come in here and I got some more boxes and I put a box in front of every single staff member and I gave them a Sharpie pen and I said, right on there, give me a story. I want God to give you a story of how he feels that. And I counted too many and there was, I had too many. I had two in front of me. Well, me of little faith, I was going to take one of them boxes back. (laughs) And God says, no, you just keep that one too. I'm like, oh man. I said, okay, I'm going to, I said, guys, I'm going to take both of these right here. And I wrote on there, God, give me a story. That was on Tuesday. I believe that was on Tuesday. On Thursday, I was in the Brandon iron. Me and Jordan and Tammy and, and little Carter was in there. We had a big time. I walked up to the, I walked up to the counter. I walked up to the counter and, and somebody come up behind me. Hadn't seen in a long time. Hadn't seen in a long time. Come up behind me and threw his credit card up on the counter and said, Preacher, I got this. I said, No, sir. No, sir. He said, No, sir. I got this. I'm standing there. He pulls out his wallet and pulls out a folded something and says, You'll know what to do with this. Exact words. You'll know what to do with this. I walked into my truck and I opened it up and it was 10 $100 bills. Do you know what I did? I spread it out. on the armchair of my truck and I took a picture of it. 
Guess what else I did? Guess who I sent that picture to? Help me. I said, look what God did. And then I sent it to the staff. I said, I got my story. Do you have yours? And God did something like that throughout the whole year. And that's how I was able to do not 10, but now to say I, I didn't do anything. God did 25 churches. That was all God. And you know who I was sure to tell every single time something like that happened? Now, let me tell you what else happened. I got a phone call. Jordan was here when we presented the challenge. So she took a couple boxes home and she's praying and praying. Well, she calls me and she's calling like a baby. Now, how many of y'all have grand, grandchildren in here? Okay, Tim, you're a perfect example. If, if, if Caitlin called you squalling, what would you think happened? Something bad, right? You think Boots has done, fell out the crib or something, right? I'm thinking, oh my gosh, what's happened to Carter? Uh, you know, what, what has happened? She's squalling. Can't even, dad, I got to tell you, I got to tell you. I said, quit crying and tell me. Because the Johnson in me, my grandmama's side, we don't get, we get mad. When we get scared, we get his anger. I don't know why. Hulk all the time, you know. I said, what? She said, daddy, you ain't going to believe it. I said, what? She said, we went to do our taxes. And, and usually they have to pay in because just the way they have to do things, being as a gospel group, what they have to claim and all. And she said, I was just praying to God. God, just please don't let us break even this time. Let us break even this time. And she said, Daddy, you ain't going to believe it. He just got back and we're going to get money back. I said, really? She said, you don't understand. We're going to get money back. We're going to get enough for three boxes and more. I showed her that God was real in the work of God. Guess what she was showing me? That God was real in the work of God. She's standing here telling me this. And I have my two other children. This was when Becca was still home. Becca said, look, daddy, look, look. She had paid too much money at Wallace State and they gave her a, they gave her a check back. You know what, it, how much it was? $320 It was enough for the box that she asked God to fill. And then Brandy's over here like, Lord, I prayed too. I said, well, we know who ain't spiritual in this family. Amen. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But that did happen. She did say that. She said, daddy, I pray too. Where's mine? You know, what, what are they seeing? This is, they're seeing God. Only God could do that. If there was no God, who in the world filled them boxes? That man in the, that man in the, in the, in the, the one, the first one, the first one in my office had no idea the commitment I made. The one in Brandon and I had no idea about any boxes or anything, had no idea. He handed it to me and said, you'll know what to do with it. And guess what? I didn't know what to do with it. That was God. This is not as hard as we're making out to be, guys. Do your children see God do stuff for you? One of the very first times I can remember seeing God. My little sister, my little sister, my older sister, she's littler than me. You'll see her in a minute. She's up here. She was really sick, really sick. And back then, dad was bivocational. He was trying his best to keep food on the table, and we just didn't have it. 
We didn't have money to go to the doctor. And she was burning up with fever. I can remember this day sitting in the hallway hearing her crying because she, they were trying to put her in, in ice water in the tub to try to get the fever down. And I can, man, I could remember hearing her crying and she was so sick. My dad picked her up and took her to the living room and put her on the couch and brought my mama and me and my little brother, Joe, and said, Joe, you kneel right here. Malcolm, you kneel right here. Becky, you kneel right here. And dad knelt right there, right, right at the couch with, with Mindy. Said, we're going to pray that God will touch her. Joe, you start. Joe prayed his little prayer. And I was little. I prayed a little prayer. My mama prayed. She was crying. And dad got through praying. And when they got through praying, the fever broke. You know what I saw as a little kid? The wonderful works of God. God was real. God was real. Now watch. Boy, I didn't took too much time. Number two, number two. Does everybody know what I'm saying by show them what God's doing for you? They need to see you pray and see God answer. It's the best way I can say it. Okay, now watch this. Number two. I'm going to just give you this one. You just write it down and we're going to skip through. We see the practice, verses 1 through 4. We see the priority, verses 5 through 6. He said, For he established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which he, what's that word? Commanded. Everybody say it. I can't hear you. Commanded. Does this say suggested? He said he commanded us to do this. He commanded us to do this. That they should make them known to their children that the generation to come might know them even the children which should be born who should arise and declare them to their children two things I want you to write down look at the command he instructs two things I'm gonna hurry through this one because the command he instructs and then the continuity he intends the continuity he intends what does that mean God expects us to go from generation to generation to generation do you know what's happened in America? Somewhere along the line, one generation failed to teach the next generation. One generation failed to worship God. One generation failed to show the children the wonderful works of God. And now we're living in an atheistic society. Are y'all with me? Say amen. You see what we're supposed to do here? We're supposed to pass it down. We're passing everything down but God. I don't care if you pass down an inheritance. It doesn't matter if they're rich if they go to hell. Are we passing down our knowledge and our awareness and our, the reality that God is? Church, say amen. Number three, why? What's the point? Why does God want us to do all this? Why does God want us to do all this? Verse seven, verse seven. Hey, Mike, send a message to, to Dustin and tell him to come back here so I can ask him something. Verse seven, that they, the children, might set their in, come on, that they might and, but, now let's all say it, even you out there at Fairview, help us now. That they might and 
but write three words down here real quick. What's the purpose? Why are we to show the praises of God? Why do we want our children to see the wonderful works of God? So your children will rely on God so that they will set their hope in God and not a crack pipe. So they will set their hope in God and not the government. So they will set their hope in God and not you. Not you. You don't want them dependent on you. Help me. Why are you getting quiet? You know, there was a young man who was wanting to get married to a, a young lady. And so the dad took him into the kitchen to have a heart to heart. Y'all know what I mean? And said, son, he said, what, 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 what are you going to, you know, where, where, where are you going to live? He said, well, God will work. Jesus will work that out. He said, son, what, what kind of, what kind of, what kind of job you, you got? He said, oh, he said, Jesus will work that out. He said, well, son, how are you going to pay your bills? He said, oh, don't worry. Jesus will work that out. And so he went back in the living room and the mama came in there and said, honey, what'd you think about him? He said, well, he seemed like a nice boy. Well, what else? He thinks I'm Jesus. (laughs) Most of you fathers will pick that up. You want your child dependent on you the rest of their life? I put on there, I want them to depend on God for salvation. I want them to depend on God for support. I want them to depend on God for satisfaction and fulfillment. I want them to know that there's a God in heaven who can pay their bills, who can meet their needs, who can solve their problems, who can fix their dilemmas. Somebody say amen. Amen. Are your children relying on God? Do they know that there is a power in heaven that they can trust in, they can depend on, or are they afraid and biting their fingernails to the quick, hoping the government will take care of them? Ladies and gentlemen, the government ain't going to take care of nobody. Hello. We need to show them that God is real so they will trust him. They will rely on him. They will know that God will provide and take care of them. Say amen. Amen. Not only rely, but look at the next word. Remember. Remember, they're not going to be under your household forever unless you don't teach them to depend on God. Then you're going to have them a while. No, I ain't going to say that. Yeah, I am. I saw a sign the other day. It said, if you spoil your children, you'll have to raise your grandchildren. But if you raise your children, you can spoil your grandchildren. And that's the truth. Will they remember God when they leave your house? Has God become such a priority in their life because of what you have practiced in front of them and what you have showed them that when they leave, they can remember, I've got a God I can depend on. That they will remember. Then watch this, write this word down. That they will remain. Remain. 
that they will stay faithful to Christ. They will stay faithful to God. Hey, listen, don't worry about the little children in here. I want them to hear this too. It's all good. This is, this is children's day, baby dedication. We want babies in here for this. Don't, don't you give no ill eye to none of these parents if their children are acting up. It's all good. I want them to be here when they get my age. Are y'all with me? Now, last of all, last of all, what's the next word? What's number four? Peril, peril. Listen, I put some verses in front of, in front of, or right below that. This is Joshua. This is Joshua. Now watch, now watch. What's going to happen if we don't do this? What's going to happen if we don't do this? Well, guess what? There was a generation that didn't. And we're going to hear about it. If we don't do what God commanded us and show our children the works of God, if we don't show them what God is and who he is and that he is real, watch this. Look in Joshua. It's right in your notes so you don't have to turn nowhere. Joshua chapter 2 verse 7. And the people served the Lord all the days of Joshua and all the days of the elders that outlived Joshua, who had seen all the what? Great works of the Lord that he did for Israel. And Joshua, the son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died being 110 years old. He was, <clears throat> he was the spiritual leader, just like you guys are supposed to be. But ladies and gentlemen, you're going to die one day. Your child will be on their own someday. Are y'all with me? Now watch. They buried him in the border of his inheritance in Timnath Ares in the Mount of Ephraim on the north side of the hill Gaius. And also all that generation were gathered into their fathers. Say it with me. And there which knew not the Lord, nor yet the works which he had done for. Oh, my soul. Preacher, what happened? The parents didn't tell them. The parents didn't show them. The parents didn't bring it to the next generation. And because they didn't know it, they didn't experience the works of God. It says in verse number 11, and the children of Israel did. Come on now, you're getting quiet. I'm almost done. The children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. I know what you're thinking. Oh, my little Johnny wouldn't never be careful. They did evil in the sight of the Lord and they forsook the Lord God of their fathers, which brought them out of the land of Egypt and followed other gods. Watch this of the gods of the people that were round about them. That is the most telling thing I've ever seen. Bowed themselves unto them and provoked the Lord to anger and they forsook the Lord God and served Baal and Ashtaroth. Three things that's going to happen to our children. Three things that's going to happen to our children if we don't show them. Three things that's going to happen to our children if we hide God from them. Say, preacher, I'm not going to hide God. I'm taking him to church. Yeah, but are you taking him home with you? Is he priority in your life? Is he first in your life? Do they know he's the most important thing to you? Are they seeing God do stuff for you? 
Has God become real in their life? Because he, they're seeing right there real, true answers to prayer. If we don't, three things are going to happen. First, they're going to abandon God. They're going to abandon everything you want them to be. They're going to abandon everything you're trying to instill in them and invest in them. Preacher, are you telling me just bringing them to church is not enough? Hello? If it was enough, 77% wouldn't be leaving. You don't need to bring them to church. You need to bring them to Christ. You need to bring them to church and then bring church home with you. They need to see God at home. We only get them for a short time here. You got them all the rest of the time. They're going to abandon God. Watch this. This is the scariest one out of all. They're going to assimilate. Look what it says. Look what it says. When they abandoned God, what did they do? They forsook the Lord God of their fathers, which brought them out of the land of Egypt. Watch this now. Verse 12. Followed other gods. Watch this. Watch this. Everybody read it with me. At Fairview, help me read this. Of the gods of the people that were. Now watch this. Watch this. If you don't show God to your children. They're going to follow the gods of the people around them. They're going to start drinking just like the people at the college they go to. They're going to start fornicating just like the kids at the college they're going to. They're going to start thinking just like the kids of the college and the culture that they are around all the time. They're going to start believing the garbage in the junk that they're teaching out in this hellistic, look, ungodly world. If we don't give them a solid foundation to know what to believe, they're going to believe whatever the devil's teaching them out there. It's a fact. What, what do they do? They abandon God. What was next? Everything the devil has to offer. If you don't teach your kids something, they will. They will assimilate. They will become like what they're around all the time. I challenge you, go, go watch them. Kids all dress the same. Whatever the, the, the latest fad is, they listen to the same music. They, they do, do the same things. They have the same. What are they doing? They're assimilating. They're becoming like those around them. Do you want them to become like those around them? If you don't lay a good foundation, they will assimilate with whatever is out there. Love not the world, neither the things that are in this world for the, listen, this world is passing away. You know what the children did? They're going to worship something. They're going to worship something. And when they didn't teach them about Jehovah, they just picked up what everything that was around them. Now, y'all can look at me mad and and, and frustrated all you want to, but you know I'm telling the truth. We're losing our kids because we're not showing God to them. Here's Here's the saddest part about the whole deal. They abandoned God. They assimilated to the world. And they angered God. They angered Him. I don't know about y'all. But I don't want God mad at my kid. 
I just read the verse. I know, I know a lot of these prosperity preachers are only telling you that, that God is love and he will never be mad and he will never. I just read it to you. I do not want God angry at my kids or my grandkids because I failed to teach them who he was. And I don't blame the kids in the book of Judges. I blame the parents who had the responsibility to share. And there's a whole, there's a whole nother point to that that I don't have time to give. But it all boiled down to money. You see, God told the nation of Israel, when you go into the promised land, I want you to destroy everything. Get rid of everything. They are so corrupt, so wicked. I gave them chances to repent. They never did. I want you to annihilate, wipe them all out because if you don't, they will corrupt you. But do you know what the nation of Israel did? They realized, why should we wipe them out when we can tax them? Don't get rid of them. We can make some some money. And guess what? The same people that they left to make money with corrupted their children. You know why that happened? Because money was more important than God. That's a whole nother message. Listen, I don't know about you, but I want to make sure that I show God to my children and grandchildren. Can I have a witness? 